All right. And we're back. Yeah, we're back with part two of our motivational series, right? Yep. And last time we talked about um, how to get motivated, right? Mm -hmm. Talk, touched base on that a little bit. Um, some of the things we came up with was, you know, remembering your mantra, right? Finding a saying that works for you, just to kind of recap and, uh, you know, making sure you repeat that to yourself. Um, something that gets you hyped up. A passion. Passion, right? Utilizing the fact that you have a lack of motivation to recognize that you're probably not doing something that you're passionate about or that you should be doing. And using that as a tool to shift as quickly as you can away from that, you know, well, still making income and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so now we want to talk about how to keep motivation. And I think a good place to start is um, forming new habits, right? Because essentially getting motivated to do something will eventually lead to change. And as long as you're changing into something that you're passionate about, the long-term motivation will kind of be there naturally. However, there's still going to be days where you're struggling or you just in general don't want to get out of bed, right? Um, and so I think it's really important for everybody to understand that forming new habits on average takes about three months, right? So all those little techniques that we talked about last time, whether it's compartmentalizing, forcing yourself to focus on the problem at hand, all that stuff, right? You're going to have to do that hard work, that grind. You're going to have to do that for about three months. Mm -hmm. For some people it might be two, for some people it might be four, but on average, you know, you're going to have to do it for about three months before well, it becomes a habit. It's the industry standard to uh, your 90 day uh, grace period as an employee. That's yeah. why they have a 90 day grace period. It takes yeah. about three months to even learn you know, subjects of uh, a system at work or how to yeah. do certain things. So that, that totally makes sense. That drives. Well, exactly. Cause you might be really good at a certain task, but because the system that's in place at your new job is, is a little different than what you're used to. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to adapt that skill set to a, a new way of doing the thing that you're good at. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's true in life, you know, being able to adapt, being able to improvise, being able to overcome. But so, when we're talking about the fact that it takes three months to form a new habit, I think the takeaways from that are, first of all, do not beat yourself up, especially in the first three months of trying something new. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying a new company out, you're trying a new workout routine, whatever it is you're trying to get motivated for, make sure you're not beating yourself up in those first three months. Give yourself some grace. Okay. That's step one. Because it's going to take three months. And, and honestly, go another month. Give it four. Because everybody's different, and that's the average. Right? Yeah. So give it four months. Maybe you're a little bit slower on the uptake than some other people. And that's fine. That's me. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but I want to talk about you know a specific technique from my own personal experience that I've used to help me build and reinforce new habits and to also frame what I'm doing in a way that doesn't make me beat up on myself. Okay. Okay. So I struggle with ADHD. Um, it's been diagnosed for a pretty long time now. Every doctor that's told me I've had it, I've just assumed was either kidding or wrong. But the reality is I have ADHD, right? And I kind of refuse to take medication for it. As a result, I tend to get hyper-focused on certain things and I tend to shift what I'm doing and get distracted pretty easily. And so what I do um, in order to change and maintain my habits and to stay motivated is at the beginning of every week. So either on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, 
I will sit down and write out every task that I have to do the upcoming week for business, for family, scheduling kids to go to different you know events that they have to go to. Mm. My girlfriend's son plays football. My kids work. I'm homeschooling my daughter, right? I schedule all that out. And then what I do is I give myself an hour or two to fully commit to my true ADHD self. And I start reviewing the task list and I start doing these, what I like to call false attempts at doing the actual thing. And then while I'm sitting there, I allow myself to go full ADHD and start looking around and see what I get distracted by. Maybe the room's dirty and needs to be cleaned. Add that to the list. Mm. If I get distracted by something I saw on the internet, add that to the list. And so I have the list of things I need to do. And then I have the list of things that I'm most likely to get distracted by during the week. Cause I already kind of pre-gamed it. Yeah. I kind of know where my mind's going to go in this environment. Right? So now when I screw up and my ADHD brain takes over and I start ADHDing, when I'm done, I get to cross something off a list. Yeah. I accomplished something. Now I've only been doing that for about a month now. And so I'm really excited for that third month to come up when it's more of a habit because I've been yeah. forcing myself to do that. And it has been a challenge, but I've been using the techniques that we talked about last week, which by the way, if you haven't seen last week's, make sure you go back and watch it because it's pretty important to have that base to really understand this week's episode. Right. Um, but yeah, no, so I've come up with my own little creative way. And I think for anybody out there who's suffering with ADHD, which is a lot of people, there's a lot yeah, of people. A couple on psychiatric medication in this oh, country, yeah. that is a way that you can basically game the system and give yourself that little reward that you need to stay motivated and to keep your self-talk positive, right? Because it used to be my self-talk would shift negative. Oh man, I was supposed to do this today and all I did was I got distracted and instead I washed my car and shampooed my carpets. <laughs> well, guess what? Washing my car and shampooing my carpets is is a good thing. You did something. Yeah. You didn't stay in bed all day. So And if go. I had had the forethought to realize that I probably would have gotten distracted by those things, which for an ADHD person is almost impossible to have, right? right? Yeah. Well, if you just force yourself to make lists in that way, that's something you can do. Yeah. So that's one technique that I've used to help me stay on track, positive self-talk, and to help me form new and better habits that you know, once I hit that three month mark, yeah, I have a lot more examples too, but I want to give you, a, you know, an opportunity to share maybe some stuff that you've. Yeah. Done. So I, I don't have uh, ADHD. I don't think maybe I do maybe a little bit. I'm, I'm overexcitable, I guess, but I don't really, I don't know, not clinically diagnosed or anything like that. I think I'm just kind of mostly normal, definitely a procrastinator. So I think for me, uh, I like benchmarking. So if I am to do something, I want to make sure I do it really good and uh, at almost a perfectionist level. And then if I, let's say, uh, actually I'll find a good example. So last year I went through this really ridiculous phase of planking. You know what planking is? Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean like actually doing core exercises core or exercise. do you mean no, like, like the, or do you mean like doing the plank thing where you pretend to be a log? Do you remember no, that from like the early from 2000s? Like, like 2013. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Tim Tebow, I think did it sure. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, not that. <laughs> so I mean okay. like the core exercise. So get yeah. on the ground, you know, planking on the ground. Um, I started it when I was going through my divorce because A, I wanted to, I guess, punish myself uh, physically because I was like, well, great time to work out now. Uh, and B, uh, it gave me something to uh, benchmark myself and like improve. And it was like the simple, it's literally the simplest thing. You literally just do a plank on the ground for as long as you can stomach it. 
I remember the first time I did it, I was like a minute and 30 seconds. I was just, I collapsed. I was like, oh, this is too hard. This sucks. But that pissed me off. So the next day I got out and I did it for two minutes and 30 seconds. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. a little bit of improvement. That's good. Uh, And then day three, it was like two minutes and 45 seconds. Day four, it it, it was very like iterative, right? So it just kept going and going and going. Um, And I remember making it to five minutes and I had uh, 38 special hold on loosely. Playing, yeah, which was like five minutes exactly. Yeah. right? That's where it was you like through the song. I made it through the entire song. I was shaking and freaking sweating, and it was fucking ninety nine degrees outside. Yeah, and I was like, I remember like collapsing, and my arms wouldn't work, and I was like, but I did it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I'm that that's a that's a uh, that's an encapsulated sort of part of my life where. Sure benchmarking really worked for me so, so benchmarking helps you stay motivated that helped yeah like like doing better than the last time exactly over yeah. and over and over again until i become a master and that can also be like uh geez like photography right yep at, at first i think uh photography for me was a pandemic thing mm-hmm. i was bored yeah <laughs> everyone was bored i was tired it was like it was winter i wanted to get outside so i bought a camera actually i didn't buy a camera i had a camera mm-hmm. it was an old canon from like the mid 2010s yeah i used that i ended up saying this camera sucks uh, had a little money bought a camera mm-hmm. uh bought a shit ton of lenses and then i got better and better and better over being kind of like not happy with the photos like i'd take a photo and be like okay that was cool uh, but it's not that great this sucks i got so i went and learned like three hours here five hours there just youtube like all the time got a little bit better started getting clients friends uh you know can i take your picture yeah yeah sure um just got even more motivation because they're like, Hey, that looks really good. That's, that's pretty cool. You should, you should probably do this professionally. You should probably start doing like weddings. I was like, ah, no, yeah. Uh, did my first wedding this year. Awesome. <laughs> so I mean, like, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it, a, it was, it was Kansas, fun, right? It was in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. So I traveled, did a wedding. It was, it was fr- family friends, but still, I mean, I was legit their wedding photographer. Right. It was a lot of fun. Um, never thought I'd see myself there like four years ago, but I got there by failing trying, failing, trying, doing a little bit better. So a lot of, a lot of like, you know, two steps forward, maybe a step back, three steps forward, but it was benchmarking. And eventually like I would give myself micro uh, rewards along the way. So Mm -hmm. little dopamine hits would be like a new lens, eventually a new camera. Uh, now I have two cameras, which I don't really know why I have two cameras, but now I have two cameras. Yeah. It makes it easier to do well, certain we're, things. Well, we're using them for the podcast. We are using two cameras for the podcast. <laughs> so now I know why I have two that's cameras. That's why we have, it's, yeah. it's all part of the big plan, God's God, plan, God's right? plan, baby. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing, man. Like, like benchmarking for me and knowing that I've done something better than the last time yeah. is my why. It's my, it, it's it's why I get up and I guess do certain well, things. So, and you mentioned like two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to staying motivated specifically, that one step back, a lot of people really internalize that and beat themselves up over it. Right. That's tough. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about too was staying motivated is about consistency, mm-hmm. right? So it's about being consistent. Well, what if somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, how do I stay more consistent? How do I be more consistent? Think about it for a second. And the reality is, is that the person who defines consistency is the user, right? It's you, it's me. Hmm. I define consistency for myself. Right. So if I'm beating myself up over not being consistent enough, well, what, what am I basing that? What is consistent enough? 
it's my definition to either increase or decrease or to define in total, right? Maybe running three times a week, that's consistent. I'm running three times a week. Yeah. Running once a week is also consistent. It's a thing I do one time a week. Running five times a week is also consistent. So there's no sense in beating yourself up for taking a day off, no. for, for not doing things as much as you think you should. Because the reality is, is that do you even know why you think you should be doing it more? Maybe you're already doing it enough. Small, consistent efforts mm -hmm. add up to big results, right? Yep. And so when you're talking about staying motivated, you've gone, you've done the techniques, you've managed to get yourself off the couch, out of bed, to start doing the stuff, right? Well, there's going to be setbacks along the way. Yeah. Okay. And so let's say your plan was to do something five times a week or to spend 40 hours a week mowing lawns, but you only did 20. Well, you still did 20. You still were consistent. So keep that mindset. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't be coming from a top down negative approach of beating yourself up over the stuff you didn't do. Instead, you need to reframe your thinking and start congratulating yourself for the stuff that you did do. That's super important. Because it's still going to add up to a bigger something. Yep. Just because it's not happening as quickly as you might want it to happen doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It also doesn't mean your expectations of how quick things need to happen are correct, right? Have some patience. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with those around you, right? Don't beat yourself up over the little things. Patience is huge when it comes to staying motivated, right? Because everybody wants things now. Everybody wants things oh, overnight. Yeah. I want results. I want results. <laughs> I want results. And, you know, yeah. we've all, we've both heard that before in the corporate environment, different businesses we've had, things we've done, right? People want results and they want them now. But people also want results for themselves now. Yeah. Not just like from other people. Like I want to be an expert at something. But in reality, a buddy of mine was telling me it takes about 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yeah. Or maybe it was 100. That I, that yeah. Actually, that, made, that means you're a supreme expert. God sure. Level. But about 10,000 hours to be an expert mm -hmm. at something, right? So like that's a lot of time. That's a lot of YouTube videos or a lot of sweat and blood and trial and error. Mm -hmm. And... I don't think I even have 10,000 hours in photography. I might have something close to that. It's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're doing something for 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. that's what, 160 hours a month. Yeah. So you need how much, 10, 10 of those months yeah. to have 16,000 hours. Yeah. Right. So you need what you need to do something for 40 hours a week for eight months. Jeez. That's a long time. That's a Unless long I just time. did the math wrong. So it's technically I'm an expert at corporate <laughs> IT. That's about yeah. it. I'm an expert at dodging yeah. people at my Oh office. no, ten months would be <laughs> ten months would be sixteen hundred hours, wouldn't it? Dude, I can't math. Dude, I just did I just math wrong in public on podcasts? Probably. Wow, that doesn't say that doesn't. That's why that they invented. I should beat myself up over that and just immediately give up on everything. You should do better. Yeah, but but you should listen to yourself and want to do better yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just use a calculator like I do. I yeah. ask Google for everything. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, yeah, <laughs> but so we're, we are talking about staying motivated, right? We were talking about some techniques we've used for ourselves. You've got stuff that works for you. Mm -hmm. I've got stuff that works for me. But the bottom line is, be consistent. Yeah. And remember that you define that consistency. Yeah. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Okay. When you have a step back, congratulate yourself for all the stuff you did leading up to that step back. And just know that going forward, you're going to be doing a lot more good stuff and focus on that. Right. Yeah. Um, and one thing I did want to talk about before we got out of here today was um, one of the programs I do in the summertime. Right. So 
for some some of our listeners at home may be familiar with Joe Decina and with the Spartan race series. Okay, it's a really tough, grueling race series that's based on the Spartan mindset and the Spartan philosophy of essentially do tough shit, do hard shit. Right? Um, they have a they have a race every year for adults, and it's called the Spartan Death Race. Okay, now that death race is an undetermined length race, anywhere from like seventy to eighty hours usually. So if a couple days, right? A few days, three days. And you never know what's going to happen. It's different every year, but it's incredibly challenging. There's very limited sleep. It's incredibly hard. And there's not even always a winner, right? So it's, it's a last man standing type situation. Um, anyways, so they have a ch- kid's version of that. And it's not quite, I wouldn't say it's quite to the level of the adult version of, the camp, of it, but it's called Spartan Camp. Okay. And that's something that I teach out in Vermont and uh, Joe DeSina's pro- uh, property out in Vermont that he uses for normally for like wedding venues and stuff. But we do it in the lead up nice. to the adult death race. Um, and I'm out there with some other guys from one of the charities I work with, Warriors for Freedom, which is an amazing veterans outreach charity. But getting out there and putting these kids through that stuff. And if we can find any footage of it, I might splice it in at some point And maybe this part will just be a voiceover. That'd be great. But yeah. I mean, these kids, the resiliency that these kids have, first of all, this is a very expensive camp, right? So a lot of the kids who are here are coming from very privileged families. A lot of time, like Long Island, mm-hmm. right? Like really, really, you know, parents who they've never worked a day in their life. These kids, they don't know anything about mm-hmm. hardship and they come there and they're expected to do. So last year we had the kids do eight MRFs over the course of five days. Jeez. This is just a part of what they did. But for anybody who knows what a MRF is, you know, it's, the specific exercises tend to vary, but on, you know, it's something like, a hundred, uh, hundreds, like 300 squats, 200 sit-ups, a hundred push-ups, or burpees or something like that. And you showed one me a video run. of this last year. Yeah. And I was like, and we'll mix out oh, the damn. exercises, but the core <laughs> exercises we usually were going with were sit-ups, yeah. push-ups, burpees, and squats. Crazy. Okay. We were kind of mixing them up a little bit to the amount three, two, one, 300, 200, 100. Mm-hmm. But then for the mile run that they did, they literally did it up a mountain because there's a mountain on Joe Decina's property. And they run to the top of this mountain to this cabin. Then they have to turn around and run back down. And some of these kids are not in good physical condition. Yeah. You know? yeah. But they're doing it. They're finding that motivation. They're figuring it out. They're doing it. And what I find interesting is at the end of it, right? So we're going back again uh, this next summer, by the way. I'll be going back to teach again. Nice. I'm curious to see how many kids show back up. Yeah. Because Joe, he makes his kids go. They're going. They're going every they're year. Go regardless. You're going. And it's funny when it's starting to time to do some of the other activities, right? So we will literally tell the kids, pick up a rock and we're going to go to the top of the mountain, Hmm. pick up a rock. Well, Joe's kids know that if they don't pick a big rock, I get to pick the rock. Nice. So you're going to pick up a big rock. And, and, and so some of these kids are just wailing their eyes out crying. You know, it's the, the hardest thing. There's not a lot of adults who could complete this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But these kids are just out there. They're beating themselves up. And I'd love to put some footage of that in here, but it's just really super motivating to see. That's crazy. And, yeah. you know, the fact that these kids, some of these kids have already committed to coming back next year. And so another way to look at this is, hey, if these like 8, 9, 10, 12, 13-year-old kids can come do this incredibly hard thing year after year, and these are kids who don't need to do this, right? These are kids who <clears throat> would be just fine if they didn't. Okay. They're out there doing it and they're putting one foot in front of the other. And I think, you know, that goes back to maybe our first podcast, Mm -hmm. that one foot in front of the other mentality, but staying motivated is maybe put yourself in the mind of a child a little bit. 
Yeah. Right. Kids don't think that far into the future. Kids live in the moment. Yeah, they do. And sometimes living in the moment is a great way to stay motivated too. That's true. And I will say, uh, it's funny when kids do it, I go, man, I know I'm not a kid anymore, but if they can do it, I can do it. Right. But then I get like my grandparents who were in their eighties and they're like, yeah, I just like walked a mile today in yeah. like 105 degree weather. Yeah. I uh, got a little dizzy, but I did it. I'm like, mm-hmm. if they can do that. What am I doing in my life? You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. A little dangerous. Would not recommend uh, to anybody <laughs> to do that. But yeah. just saying, like, there's there's people out there that think they can't do things and they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's my benchmark. You know, like, I'll oh, see that sure. and go, I should probably, you know, I don't want to compare myself to that person. And and I have my own struggles. Yeah. And maybe my health isn't as good or maybe it is as good. But, like, that's a benchmark. I can, I can set out and try it. So. Yeah. Well, so I think, you know, I gave up my personal experience, right? If you're ADHD like me, um, make a list and then add to that list things you think you're going to ADHD out on. You talked about benchmarking, right? Those are some practical things that we've both done. Other things. Um, remember that you define consistency. Yep. So be consistent, but remember that you're defining it. Don't beat yourself up when you take a step back. Mm-hmm. Have the mind of a child. Remember to just stay living in the moment. Sometimes you can't think out too far ahead. Or else it becomes soul crushing and you get afraid and fear is a mm. great stopper of motivator, right? Yeah. So if you're or a stopper of motivation. So if you're afraid, that means you're living in the future. And if you're angry, that means you're living in the past. But if you're happy, you're living in the moment. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to kind of close this out with a part of a speech from Theodore Roosevelt. It's called The Man in the Arena. Nice. And it's a speech that we recite um, up at Spartan Camp and Anybody who does Spartan races, which I think they just bought Tough Mudder. So if you're familiar with Tough Mudder, I've heard of that. It's now under ownership of Spartan races. Oh, cool. Okay. So, but this is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and we'll kind of just close it with that. Sounds good. Throwback time. Yep. Let's do it. It's The Man in the Arena is the name of it by Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I think with that, we'll close out this series on motivation. Sounds good. And yeah. Hopefully everybody out there gets motivated and stays motivated. I'm motivated to do yet another podcast next week. So I guess I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. And now there's background motion. My favorite. And music fading out. Music fades now. (laughs) 